Pentecost is such a special day in the life of the church. We've been consciously trying to do more to celebrate Pentecost in recent years by having Pentecost parties. You'll have to raise a glass at home this year. And celebrating the diversity of our church family uh, by displaying the flags of all the nations represented in our life together. I love seeing the sanctuary decorated with big flags from Jamaica and Wales, from Sweden and Uganda, from Iceland and China and all the rest. And days like today give us a chance to celebrate with the worldwide church, to know that our sisters and brothers around the world are celebrating the same thing as us today. And in many ways today is the birthday of the church too and we get to celebrate God breathing into life this wonderful, frustrating, beautiful, irritating, uh, welcoming, liberating and imperfect thing we call the church. And although our buildings might be closed, the church is still very much open and alive and at work. And praise God for that. And as we celebrate the birthday of the church with a big C today, it's also an opportunity for me to say how deeply privileged I feel to be part of this church community. It is a deep joy to walk with each of you as we follow Jesus together. Thank you for being part of our journey. We are all the better for your presence with us. Now a friend of mine tells a story of a friend of theirs. And this friend had never spent much time in church, but they were feeling drawn to God and figured that church was as good a place as any to start looking. So she went along to a service. And being new to church and all the things that happened there, she panicked a little when the pastor of the church invited the congregation to share the peace of Christ with one another. Like we do sometimes when we're able to be together, we usually do that when we share communion. This friend of a friend had no idea what to do or what to say, so she decided to wing it. She turned to the person next to her. She offered them her hand and said very solemnly, may the force be with you. And you know, this woman may not have spent much time in church, but I kind of think she got it spot on. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is a force to be reckoned with. The Spirit is a living presence beyond us that comes and lives within us. And when that happens, we come alive in really surprising ways. And today, as we do on this Sunday each year, we choose to remember and to embrace afresh how the Holy Spirit can overwhelm and illuminate us, how the Spirit can make the small voice big and the shy person brave and take our ordinary lives and make them bright lights for the world. And so today we celebrate Pentecost and I hope we never get tired of telling the story of how on that day, that extraordinary day, we had this group of 120 people gathered together in Jerusalem. 120 women and men, and you know, they're not particularly remarkable. Many of them are uneducated, many are poor, all of them, frankly, are pretty nervous about their faith in Christ. They all believe in Jesus, but somehow their belief hasn't changed them. Not yet. Most of the ones we know anything about have been fairly clueless up to this point, 
and they've got it wrong a lot of the time, especially the 12 disciples. They're a mess. They're full of intentions that they are unable to fulfill. But on one unforgettable day, those 12 and all the others got together and they got together to pray, just as Jesus had taught them to do. And when they did, something amazing happened. Something gets into them from outside themselves. Something comes and falls like a fire and blows like a wind. And when it does, they can see this new power in each other. You see, up until this moment, they've been mostly afraid. And now, all of a sudden, they have this courage. Up to this point, they've been pretty quiet about their faith. But now they're out in the streets, sharing the good news of Jesus with their neighbours and with strangers. There's such a noticeable difference in them. That everyone else around them sees them and wonders what's going on. These guys must be drunk. And when that whole incredible day was over, Luke, the writer of Acts, tells us that 3,000 people had come to realise that the disciples weren't drunk or crazy. What they were was alive. And 3,000 of them said, we want to be alive like that too. We're turning from our sins. We believe in Jesus. We believe in this good news. And you know, any time we come to talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit is at work, we find ourselves face to face with a great mystery. There are things in this life that we cannot control and manage and predict. And the Holy Spirit is one of them. There's a mystery about the Spirit, kind of like the wind. And the longer I follow Christ, the more I know that this is true. Maybe you found it to be true as well. Those of you who've ever led a Bible study for one of our midweek small groups, perhaps, or preached even. Have you noticed how some weeks you prepare and you pray so hard, but for whatever reason, the study just seems to fall flat? And then there are other times, perish the thought, when you hardly prepare at all. Or maybe um, in the days leading up to it, you've just been miserable or irritable. And you're just not in a great place spiritually to lead that particular evening. But then you sit down with the group, you open up the Bible together and God moves in that gathering. And people say to you on the way out, that was the best study we ever had. The spirit is a mystery. Or as someone once described, moving to their church and how at the church they now attend, the music is mediocre, the sermons aren't inspiring. The coffee isn't great and there's always children running up and down the aisles. But that there their heart just tells them that they're home. Sounds like the spirit at work to me. Just before he left this earth in Acts chapter 1, just before the New Testament reading that we heard earlier, Jesus said to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You're going to receive power. Jesus told this timid reticent bunch of believers that they were going to receive power and power was exactly what they got. Then what is the power of the Spirit? Well for one thing it's the power to convict our hearts and minds of sin. On the day of Pentecost Peter who had been so timid and all over the place 
spoke to the crowd under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible tells us that when people heard what Peter was saying, they felt cut to the heart and said, what shall we do? And Peter simply told them about Christ and his life and death and resurrection and his power to forgive and to bring new life. And Luke tells us that the church grew from 120 to 3,000 in one day. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit gives power to create community. At Pentecost, people who, for as long as anybody could remember, had been separated, were hostile even towards one another, discovered all the walls coming down and the boundaries being erased. Jew and Gentile, poor and rich, slave and free, female and male, all coming down. This was unheard of. This was unthinkable. And we're told that nobody claimed any possessions as his or her own, but they shared everything they had. What power in the world could bring that about? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's that same power that holds churches together in wonderful ways today. Where else would you find such a mixture of ages and backgrounds meeting together, focusing together on the same thing? All of us coming to worship Jesus and work out how to best live as his disciples. It's the spirit that makes that possible. But maybe the best gift that that first bunch of Christ followers discovered was that the Holy Spirit has the power to change lives. Not long after Pentecost, Peter was arrested because of his witness for Christ. Peter, who had once denied Jesus three times out of fear, now has the courage to resist authorities. And he says, we have to, have to obey God before anybody else. That there is the Spirit's power. And when Peter and John are released from prison, the believers get together and pray. And they don't pray for their own protection. And they don't ask God to keep them safe. Instead, they pray for greater boldness, which means that they're praying to get into more trouble. And in Acts 4, it says, After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. No wonder everyone around them was filled with awe. And there was still so much they didn't understand. And they continued to screw up and get it wrong, even after the Holy Spirit came. I guess in some ways, giving the Holy Spirit to this bunch of the early Christians is a bit like giving the keys to your Ferrari to a nine-year-old. But one thing they did know, that Jesus was right. He told them, you will receive power, and that's exactly what they got. But it doesn't always feel that way, does it? Or at least it doesn't to me. I'm sure there are some Christians out there who always feel full of power and vigour and boldness. But I tend to identify more with the preacher who once said, I've been filled with the Spirit, but I leak. And each one of us will be aware of the parts of our own lives where we don't feel like we have the sort of faith or power that we like or that we need. There are goals that you really want to accomplish. There are people you need to forgive. Maybe it's yourself you need to forgive. Or there's an addiction that needs breaking or a grief that needs healing. There were mountains you know you were meant to get over, but you just don't know. You don't think you've got the power 
to do it. But you know, if the Spirit of Christ lives in you, you've got that power. And who can say what the Spirit of God might want to do with any church or with any life, including the one you're living and the one I'm living? Who can even begin to know what is possible? Maybe the truest and best thing we could do at this moment today, at this hour, is to pray. Praying that God's Spirit would come, blowing like a wind between spouses who need to forgive each other, between siblings and children and colleagues and all our strained relationships. Praying that God's Spirit would blow on all of us who are too angry or anxious or afraid or selfish or sad. Praying that God's Spirit would blow right through all our hesitations about speaking and living the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, out in public. Praying that God's Spirit would help us to be brave and embrace all that God is opening up before us. Praying that God's Spirit might unite us more and more so that we can greater bless and serve our communities in new ways. Praying that God's Spirit might change the tone and conduct of our nation's politics, inspiring trust and wisdom and peace. Who can begin to estimate what it might mean for me, for you, for all of us together to be genuinely and radically open to the Spirit of God? Friends, I encourage you today. I challenge you today. I ask you today. Let us embrace the story of Pentecost by being that open to the Spirit of God. And may our life together, our church, be open for every new gift of courage and love and generosity and ministry that God is waiting to unlock and wanting to show us. That God is wanting to release and grow and give in our life together. There's nothing else like the Spirit of God. And there's nothing we need more. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to finish our message today in ways that are specific and personal to each of you who are part of our time together. And we're going to keep a moment of silence as we do that. Friends, the winds of the Spirit are blowing. And I invite you today to simply lift up your sail and let the winds of God take you where you're meant to go. Let's be quiet together. And so come Holy Spirit, move through us with power, move in our lives with power. With you everything is so beautifully possible. And we ask today for the power to be and do in this world what we've been made to be and to do. Give us your power to be your witnesses where we live and to the very ends of the earth. And we ask this in the name of our most precious Lord Jesus. Amen.